Welcome everyone to the Hotel Nerd Network brought to you by Anchor. What's Anchor you say? It is an easy way to make a podcast like this one for free. That's right, I said it, for free. But not only that, you can record from the comfort of your home, on the PC, or on the go with your phone. They have everything you need to make a podcast in one place. The best feature is that they even distribute the podcast for you on multiple platforms, so you don't have to stress on getting your content out there for the world to hear. If you're looking for a free and easy way to make a podcast, download the Anchor app on your mobile device or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now please sit back and enjoy the show. Hello, Hotel Nerd Addicts. How are you guys doing today? So this is something that I'm actually going to be doing. I'm actually by myself tonight, and I just want to say thank you for joining the stream and everything. I do appreciate that. Chris actually had to work tonight, so that's why you're getting me instead of Chris and I both. So I hope you guys actually enjoy this, and I promise, Chris, I won't burn down the studio. So anyways, without further ado, let me go on ahead and talk about a couple of other things before the show actually begins. Uh, another thing, too, is I am going to be taking questions and stuff like that in the whole entire live stream and stuff like that, too. I wasn't sure if I was going to be able to do that or not, considering the fact that I'm on a tablet and I wasn't sure if my tablet would actually grant me access to that. But I see that Larry's out actually already in here already. So I'm able to do that. So let's go ahead and talk about some stuff here. So number one, we're going to be talking about Man of Steel 2 news that actually dropped, but Henry Cavill might be returning as Superman again. And then we also have Sonic the Hedgehog news. David Ayer wants to do a director's cut for Suicide Squad. He Then there's also the Ryan Gosling is going to be Wolf, the Wolfman. Then we also have, I'm actually going to be doing a Capone review, which is the uh, Josh Trank uh, movie which also starred Tom Hardy. I'm gonna be doing that. Then Steve Carell dropped a new TV series called Star Force, and I'm actually into episode four, so I'm gonna be talking about that. So let's go on ahead and get on with this show now. So as everybody knows that you know, there's always been this news about Henry Cavill if he's gonna be Superman or is he not gonna be Superman? And I've always said this: Henry Cavill is probably one of the best Superman. That Superman's that we actually had in a while, aside from Christopher Reeves, of course. But still, I love what Zack Snyder actually did with Man of Steel. I love Man of Steel even to this day. And it is a very underrated film if you actually think about it. And another thing, too, that you actually have to consider is this. I actually thought it would actually make more sense for them to actually announce that they are going to renew his contract during the stream of superman of man of steel and the whole fact that we didn't and everything made me wonder okay why did they not announce the fact they wanted to have him back so to actually get some piece of news with this whole entire information made me excited to the point where i was like okay so he's in negotiations to be superman again so my first initial thought was okay we're going to be getting a man of steel 2 sometime soon then I went into it a little bit deeper and actually investigated it. And a matter of fact, he's only going to be in cameo roles. And that is underutilizing an actor like uh, Henry Cavill. Because in my honest opinion, I feel like that he should actually have a part in Man of Steel. I think that he should actually have a chance at a standalone film again. Because we've all been waiting for a Man of Steel movie. We've all been waiting for it. And to not for him not to have it and everything is 
is totally underutilizing who he is just for cameo roles and appearances. Superman is so much more than just cameo roles. I could actually see if they actually made a Man of Steel 2 movie and they wanted to go ahead and go down that route where they're like, okay, you know what? We actually have you down for Man of for you to be in a couple of appearances here and there with uh, a couple of other movies and stuff like that. And you also made your Man of Steel 2 movies, so we're going to go on ahead and put you in some cameo roles. But here's the thing. He hasn't been in any type of cameo role, any type of roles or anything like that where he's actually going to be out the front and center with a Man of Steel 2 sequel or anything like that. So all he's going to be getting is a cameo role? Come on. Come on, Henry Cavill is one of the great best actors that I've seen in a while to play this role. And you're underutilizing him by the fact that you're wanting to basically just put him as cameos. And he's just so much more than just cameos. He's He should be right there in the center. He should have his own appearance in Man of Steel. I still say this to this day. This movie is one of my favorite movies from the DCEU. I love Man of Steel. I saw it twice in the movie theaters. Not only that, but I even got it on Blu-ray, and it's one of those films that I really have to say I enjoy. And I'll probably try and do a Man of Steel review soon. I know I've done a kind of a little small review on my podcast on Movie Loves Unite on Anchor, but it's more of the fact is, is Man of Steel overrated or not? So I've actually done a little snippet of that, but I want to actually dive in and get a little sweaty, if you will, with um, discussing Man of Steel a little bit more. But aside from that, I want to see Brainiac in a Man of Steel 2 movie. I would love to see Man – I would like to actually see that. Who would you like guys like to actually see in a Man of Steel 2 movie if they actually said tomorrow and they announced it, hey, look, we're going to do – going ahead, we're going to shoot a Man of Steel 2 sequel with Henry Cavill attached to it. Who would you want as a villain for this role? Would you want to see Supergirl in this movie? Would you not like to see Supergirl in this movie? Let us know because I really would like to know what you guys have to say about that. And then we also have a little bit of David Ayer news where he actually wants to release Suicide Squad and an extended cut, which is also a director's cut for HBO Max. And here's the thing. We have already gotten an extended cut with Suicide Squad. My only thing is this, okay? Is this extended cut going to be the David Ayer extended cut that we all want? Because we have already gotten an extended cut, but it's the pretty much I would like to actually say that Maybe the studios are like, you know what? The fans are actually wanting an extended cut. And because of the fact that Batman vs. Superman has an extended cut, we're just going to release our own version of an extended cut for Suicide Squad just to shut the fans up and give them what they want. But at the same time, they didn't give us anything that we want or anything like that. And the whole fact is there were still scenes that were missing from that film. You didn't have Joker saying, I can't wait to show you my toys. We didn't have anything all we had was a really choppy movie with just a music video basically what it is and it's just not nothing there i mean I, what i wanted to see was this for the suicide squad movie to me you didn't have to put huntress not a huntress but enchantress in the movie at all all you, all they had to do is make it really simple where it's like a new 52 kind of setting where you know where they're actually looking for the joker and harley quinn is with the Suicide Squad, and they're trying to look for the Joker. And the, and then I'll, after that, she winds up backstabbing the Suicide Squad by trying to go with Mr. J all over again. And then once they find out, find the Joker and everything with Harley, that's when the whole entire beef goes down with the eye blow and everything else. 
That's what I wanted to see from Suicide Squad. Instead, we have Enchantress doing the Macarena. And I just didn't really care for that kind of version of Suicide Squad of what I got. Because I feel like they didn't simplify the movie at all. They decided to go on ahead and go a whole entire different route. But if it's anything for David Ayer to go on ahead and release an extended cut of this film, I'm all for it because of the fact that I would like to actually see an extended cut and what that extended cut actually looks like and to see if it actually enhances the experience that I wanted to get from a Suicide Squad extended cut. Uh, you know, and you know what? I really feel passionate about Suicide Squad. I wanted this movie to be great. Instead, it was a hot mess, but underneath that hot mess, we actually got an okay film, but I don't want an okay film. I want a great film. I want something that is actually going to stick. And I feel like if they actually do release this extended cut on HBO Max, I think that's actually the best place that you can actually go to right now to actually get a good extended cut of David Ayer's Suicide Squad. So if he wants to go on ahead and be like Zack Snyder and everything and drop it, I'm all for it because of the fact that it's not Zack Snyder's fault. It's not David Ayer's fault that the studios didn't tr uh, trust them at all with their projects. And I've, I use this scenario on my podcast, so I'm going to actually use it on here. Let's say, for example, I tell somebody, to go ahead and paint the house blue. And then I decide later on, I don't want the house painted blue. I wanted it painted white. So guess what happens? I tell them I want to paint it white. I give them white paint. Therefore, I'm actually not trusting in what I told them that, they, that I wanted them to do. I'm changing the whole entire perspective of what I want it done. And this is exactly what Warner Brothers is doing. And to me, they need to actually get their act together. As a matter of fact, whenever I thought that uh, Henry Cavill was actually going to be attached to be on Man of Steel 2. I thought, okay, Warner Brothers has finally got their stuff together. They actually know what they're wanting to do. And then all of a sudden, cameo role. That was a total shutdown. That was a totally opposite of what I thought. It shows 0% chance of what I thought Warner Brothers was going to do, at least in, to my understanding and to my opinion. But still, I was let down by that news in a way because, like I said, Henry Cavill deserves so much more than a cameo role, just like how David Ayer deserves so much more with his movie and everything, too. And I know everybody didn't like the Joker or whatever for Suicide Squad, but I happen to like the Joker for what he what Jared Little was able to do. But he wasn't on the screen long enough for me to actually give an initial opinion on if he was like the greatest Joker of all time or anything like that or if he was a close race with Ledger's Joker or anything like that for me to actually say that. And I wanted more Joker. That's what I wanted to see. So if the extended cut actually has this thing where it goes, I can't wait to show you my toys. I want that in there. I want to see that. I want to see the entirety of the film without it being choppy, without being... And also, too, I wanted it to be in its fullest condition, in its pristine condition. And if HBO Max is the way to go, I'm all for David Ayer wanting to release it on, on that. But tell me what you guys think. Are you excited about an extended cut for David Ayer? Do we actually need an extended cut and everything of this film, especially when we actually got an, uh, a director's cut of this film? But it's more for the studios that decided, hey, look, we're going to go on hand and release an extended cut just to shut the fans up. And it's still going to be the same choppy mess that you actually saw in the movie theaters, which doesn't even enhance the experience and doesn't take anything away from the original experience at all. And to me, the Zack Snyder cut, that was actually on Blu-ray for the Batman versus Superman actually en enhanced my experience because that's actually what you want to do with an extended cut of a film. You want to actually, and you actually want to go on ahead and enhance that experience. 
And I feel like that's exactly what I got from the Zack Snyder cut. It actually enhanced my experience. It didn't feel choppy. Everything was explained the way that it needed to be explained for a Zack Snyder cut. And I'm excited that we're actually getting a Justice League movie. So congratulations to us, the fans who wanted this uh, Snyder cut. I'm always happy to see that we actually did something with that. So with further ado, I'm going to go ahead and go into a little bit of Sonic the Hedgehog news. And here's the thing. I haven't seen Sonic the Hedgehog. I I want to. I want to see it and everything. It's on Redbox right now. As a matter of fact, that's actually going to be on my to-do list on checking it out. I know for a fact that it actually succeeded well at the box office, which I'm thrilled that a live-action video game adaptation actually got some good reviews, got some positive word of mouth. And also, too, the fans also did the right thing. They didn't like the effects that they did with Sonic the Hedgehog, so they went on ahead and did Sonic the Hedgehog uh, the way that the fans wanted to do it, and it actually succeeded at the box office. As a matter of fact, you, I have the box office numbers right here. It actually was an eighty-five million dollar budget. It made three hundred and six million dollars at the box office. That's damn. That's damn impressive for a movie that's actually based off a video game because video game adaptations are not the best to actually put on to the actual mo um, movie itself or anything like that. Sometimes, sometimes. You know, the experience is in the video game itself, and sometimes video game adaptations don't go well like we want to because of the fact the experience is in the video game itself. And I've always said this. I think that the perfect way to actually do a video game adaptation is to actually do a TV series versus doing a movie because I feel like you can actually get your characters fleshed out more if you actually do that. But, you know, I just feel like... Uh, Characters can be fleshed out better. Your plots can actually get better at that. You can also go on ahead and get things going and get the ball rolling with that And versus doing a two-and-a-half-hour film because I feel like two-and-a-half-hour film, sometimes it's actually enough, sometimes it's not, just depending on the direction, the writing, and what they want to do with the film. But, but, you know, I always like the fact that, you know, Netflix is actually doing original content. I love the fact that they're trying different things out, seeing what works, seeing what doesn't work. And they actually care a little bit more now that compared to where we got in the 90s where they didn't really care that much about video game adaptations. And they just went on ahead and did their own thing. I just feel like that we're actually getting a little bit better at, um, at what we're doing. And Song of the Hedgehog is one of my favorite video games that I played on Sega. It's a classic. And to know that there's actually going to be a sequel to Sonic the Hedgehog makes me all that much excited to actually see what this movie's going to, what this movie looks like once I rent it on Redbox. Like I said, I haven't seen it yet or anything like that. It's not that I didn't want to. It's just that other things in my life actually happened first before I could actually go out and see this movie and support the movie that I wanted to see. So, you know, next time I'm at Redbox, I'm definitely going to check it out. So, Tell me what you guys think. Are you guys excited about a Sonic the Hedgehog sequel? Because I know I am. I can't wait to see what they're what they're gonna do with this next one. And Jim Carrey, I can just imagine what Jim Carrey did with that villainous role and everything. I know that he actually brought his Jim Carreyisms into this whole entire thing. So I'm excited for that. And then, of course, I want to talk about something else too about Ryan Gosling as the Wolfman. Okay, so as everybody knows is this uh universal pictures has been trying to get this thing 
greenlit for a while now to where they actually have a shared universe with all the classic monsters. You have your mummy, you have your Dracula, you have the invisible man, you have all this within a shared universe in itself. And, you know, I remember the old black and white 1930s, 1940s classic black and white movies that I grew up on. And I love those old classic classic movies and of course they also had Dracula meets the Wolfman they had Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde they had all that stuff and everything back in the 1930s 1940s and you know at first I was really excited at the fact that they wanted to try and bring back their Universal Monsters movies all over again because of the fact that I want to see the classic monsters again and then all of a sudden we got Dracula Untold which was not a great movie and then we got The Mummy, which was supposed to be like a horror kind of flavor to it, a little bit darker. No, uh, none of that uh, other stuff that we got from the original Mummy movies with Brandon Frazier, no comedy or anything like that. And it was the exact opposite of what the studio said that they were going to do. And they made The Mummy movie a little bit more not so scary at all. And it didn't do that well at the box office. And, you know, I really feel like you know, they went into the, they did a really good job with The Invisible Man. I had low expectations going into this film. Matter of fact, if it wasn't for my friend over at JoeBlow.com, James Ostner, telling me to check out Invisible Man, and he went on ahead and loved it, I probably wouldn't have checked it out at the movie theaters. And I had low expectations going into this thing, especially when they struck out twice already with this shared universe, and all of a sudden they decided to do something totally different than what I was expecting with The Invisible Man. And I'm just going to tell you this. If you haven't seen The Invisible Man, check it out. I strongly recommend it, especially the way the movie's actually set up and things like that. Elizabeth Moss plays a really good role in this film. I really liked her as an actress and, and everything with this role. And, you know, I liked her in the kitchen. I didn't care for the kitchen at all. But, you know, Elizabeth Moss, whenever it comes down to certain films or whatever, she does deliver and put in, puts in 110% whenever she tries to do something. But The Invisible Man is definitely one of those movies that what is on my list of movies to probably buy in the future. But right now, I'm just not going to be able to do it. But I will support anybody that goes out and sees this movie and rents this movie and buys this movie because it is a good movie. I mean, I strongly recommend it. So Ryan Gosling as The Wolfman. Now, I can actually see him as The Wolfman. I can actually see there's just something about Ryan Gosling to where you can actually say, okay, there's this guy who is this has very good sex appeal and stuff like that. And then at night, that's when his true form winds up coming alive to when the full moon winds up coming alive. That's when the wolf man comes out. And I love that whole entire thing because, because of the fact that you have a good looking actor like Ryan Gosling, who's going to be playing this wolf man character. And He's going to be turning into this creature of the night to where he's going to be killing and murdering uh, people because of his wolf-like behavior. And I'm all for that. I'm all for something different. I'm all for maybe giving him a little bit more layers than what we got in the 1940s, 1930s uh, black and white movie of The Wolfman. So I think that he can actually pull that off. Another thing, too, is Denisio Del Toro actually played in The Wolfman movie in 2010. I wonder if they were actually trying to do something back then with something like that, other than the fact that they were trying to reboot The Wolfman. And that movie wasn't the greatest film at all, but it was all right for its time. And matter of fact, it didn't even make, break even at the box office at all. I, mean, I looked at the box office numbers this morning for that thing and the budget. It didn't even make its money back, even if you take what third of that and, and everything else. 
because don't forget, movie theaters taking a third of what they make, and then the rest goes to the box office, and it didn't even break even enough for them to even try and do a sequel for The Wolfman for the 2010 version. But, hey, Ryan Gosling, he's a good actor. I like him as an actor. I think he can actually pull off a pretty good Wolfman. And I feel like that, you know, having these kind of actors who I never thought would actually want to play in, like, comic book Based characters or play in like horror based villains or anything like that would actually want to do a movie like this. And it makes me happy that, you know, they're actually going outside of their comfort zones a little bit and actually discovering maybe they might be able to pull something off. And Ryan Gosling actually does a fantastic job at acting his butt off, especially with the movie Drive. That was a good movie. Then uh, Crazy Stupid Love with him and Steve Carell is actually still one of my favorite comedies as well. And, you know, like I said, there's just something creepy, something airy to this whole entire thing where you have um, a good looking guy like Ryan Cranslin, uh, not Ryan Cranslin, but uh, Ryan Gosling. And all of a sudden at night, he turns into a whole different monster and he winds up ripping people's hearts out. He winds up killing people and stuff like that. So, you know, I love that whole entire aspect to there's something more beneath the skin than what you actually get during the daytime. So tell me what you guys think. Do you like Ryan Gosling as an actor? Do you not like him as an actor? Do you like the fact that he's going to be playing the Wolfman? Because I'm sold at the fact that he's going to be playing the Wolfman. Or do you even care that there's going to be a Wolfman at this point because of this whole entire field universe that Universal Studios um, even is even putting this out there right now? Because of two field attempts and then also as one successful film of the invisible man are you even excited that this thing is even getting off the ground at all and you know i feel like you know maybe i might actually give this one a chance if um they might be two for two if they wind up knocking this out and then after that they can concentrate on their shared universe so i'm, I'm always interested to see what you guys actually have to say matter of fact uh larry uh lisa's in here too i want to give him a big shout out thank you for the donation as well uh, we do really do appreciate that. And then we actually have Brandy Shank. Um, she actually pointed out, she goes, she said, hold up, a Justice League movie, now we talking? Yeah, there's there was actually an original cut of the Justice League. And it didn't do, we didn't care for the original cut of Justice League at all. So we winded up telling people to release the Snyder Cut. We tweeted that out. And it's been one of those things since 2017 to where we can actually say that the studios are actually listening to the fans finally. And there's actually going to be a Snyder's cut that's going to be released into HBO Max. And I also want to say I have a big shout out to Chris, who's actually in the chat as well. Yeah, there's no fires or anything like that. I, I, I've been joking around all week. I said, I promise I'm not going to burn the studio down. So. No fires yet. I'm happy that I'm actually having a chance to host. So come on, keep sending those questions in and everything. I really want to hear what you guys have to say. And a matter of fact, I might actually try and take some questions at the end of the show as well. So we're, now I'm going to get into my Capone review. So if you were looking for a good gangster film starring uh, Tom Hardy and directed by Josh Trank, and also listen to Christian Harlow's interview with Josh Trank, you would actually know that this isn't the Al Capone that we actually know, the notorious gangster, the beat and everything that we actually know. This is actually somebody that it had a stroke. He's actually someone 
that has all is suffering with Alzheimer's as well. And he's he's not the Al Capone, the strong Al Capone that we actually know that's actually part of the gangster side of him. And there's something I really loved about that the way that Josh Trank actually did this. It shows uh, Al Capone's vulnerability whenever it came down to his whole entire character. And we had we never got a chance to actually see Al Capone the way he is right now. Um, back then when he was in Florida and he suffering from a stroke and having Alzheimer's. And not only that, but if you think about it, this film is like a horror story in a way because of the fact that he's being haunted by his past. And what I mean by he's being haunted by his past is everybody that he killed is pretty much haunting him and everything to the point where he's hallucinating. He's thinking that he's doing things when he's not really doing things. He's revisiting old memories that he had. He's being haunted by his past. It, it's really dark. It's a really dark movie that is really horror. It definitely does have like a horror-like flavor to it. It's kind of like a James Wan kind of film, but you can definitely tell that it's not a James Wan type movie. But I love the fact that they actually did something to where you have this notorious gangster who was big and was murdering people and stuff like that and hustling and all of a sudden now it shows his vulnerability to the point where he's on his deathbed and you're wondering how this movie's even going to end towards how this movie's going to wrap up. I thought Tom Hardy did a really good job with the movie. I really like the fact that he, I'm going to go with Christian Harloff on this one. Whenever he said that it feels like more like the walking dead kind of Al Capone, where it's like, kind of walking around and everything and just out of there, out of his mind kind of thing. And I really like that because of the fact that I never seen Al Capone like that and to actually think outside the box a little bit and for him to actually do this, I'm actually happy that he actually thought of something different instead of the same repetitive stuff that we've actually gotten. And, you know, yeah, it's a slow paced movie and stuff like that as well, but the slow pacing of the film actually helps itself out. I really enjoyed it. And then by the time this thing wraps up, you're like, you're on the edge of your seat because you're wondering did he really do what he what I thought he did, or did he not do what he uh, thought he did? But I'm not going to spoil that part for you. That was actually something that I want you guys to be surprised about, and I want you guys to walk in with this thing being fully surprised. So go ahead, check out Capone. I strongly recommend it. I have to re-rent Bloodshot. I was actually going to watch Bloodshot, and I never got around to actually watch watching that film. Matter of fact, I actually had to bring that back over to uh, Redbox and everything. So I'm probably going to have to re-rent that movie, but I will do a review on Bloodshot and tell you guys what I think about Bloodshot as well. So now I'm going to go on ahead and talk about Steve Carell's TV show, Star Force. Star Force is basically Steve Carell and is with Steve Carell, and he's actually a general for NASA and let me just tell you this. He gets into a bunch of mess. <laughs> and I love the comedy, the comedic timing between the actors and actresses in this thing. Even the scientists and everything in this film, in this TV show as well on Netflix. I really loved the fact that, you know, the scientists are really the smart people here. Steve Carell is not. He's like the Sergeant Belko of NASA, if you actually think about it. If this was actually Sergeant Belko doing stuff with NASA, this would be the t TV show that Sergeant Belko would actually be in. And I love, uh, this is another thing too that I want to talk about. I'm actually four episodes in. I'm not going to give any kind of spoilers, 
But I do want to paint the picture a little bit on some of the stuff that I actually did find that was actually funny. For example, you have Steve Carell that's actually trying to um, repair a satellite dish that actually got the wings actually got separated. So what does he do? He goes on ahead and asks the scientist, so how do we go ahead and repair the wings off of this thing? Well, we can use the boosters and we can go ahead and repair them that way. Steve Carell says, no, we'll just go ahead and contact the astronauts. And so anyways, they contact the astronauts, but the astronauts are not who you think they are. It's actually a chimpanzee and also a dog. And so anyways, he winds up t t talking to the chimpanzee. The, the trainer actually talks to him and tells him that he needs to go ahead and repair the wings. So long story short, I'm actually cutting a little bit out of, out of what actually happened. But they go on a spacewalk and the monkey winds up, the, uh, goes on ahead and tries to repair the wings. And all of a sudden you see the monkey just spiraling around in a circle because of the fact that he actually still has the trigger pulled while while he's actually screwing in the uh, screws on the on the thing, and all of a sudden he just goes out of space and he's traveling into the sun's orbit, and that's pretty much what winds up happening. And then Steve Carell goes, "Well, fuck," and so he goes, "Well, let's try your thing now. Let's go with the boosters. It's too late for that now." Why is it too late? Because we wasted our time and energy into doing a sign language with the orangutan to where we can actually go and repair the wings that way. So now we only have 11 minutes until the satellite actually reaches Earth's orbit and it burns up. So I love the comedic timing with that. I love that scene. I love Steve Carell. Steve Carell can do just about anything, especially when it comes to dramatics as well. If you haven't seen him in the... Um, if you also haven't seen him in this other thing with uh, on the Today Show or what, uh, well, about the Today Show on Apple, I strongly recommend that you guys actually check that out. And I, you know what? I actually have a blast actually watching this show. I'm laughing all the way through it. And a matter of fact, we actually have Dark Fate that actually joined us right now. And let's see. She said, thanks, Larry. Roxy and I had a disagreement. I love the community and I will always be lurking in the streams. Okay. So, Anyways, um, but back to what I was saying, though, I think Steve Carell has great comedic timing. I like him in dramatic roles. I think he did a great job playing the Matt Lawler role for the Today Show uh, as well, because I did subscribe to Apple TV for a little bit. I even watched the Beastie Boys autobiography thing that they did. The um, I actually think that that was actually a pretty good bio that they actually did with it. And if you're expecting like some guy narrating a Beastie Boys documentary, you're going to be, you're going to be wrong about that because that's what I thought. I thought it was actually going to be this behind the music thing with BH um, one. And instead it turned out to be the totally opposite of what I thought it was going to be. Matter of fact, it was J the Beastie Boys talking about their memories and going through their book that they wrote about each thing that happened to them. And their lives. And I love the fact that they used the actual two remaining members of Beastie Boys to tell the documentary and to be able to give you the groundwork that we actually needed to hear from the Beastie Boys themselves rather than hearing it from a narrator. Because I've seen that before. I mean, I don't want 
a story that's told through a narrator anymore or anything like that. I've got that with VH1 behind the music. I want it from the artists themselves and for them to actually have the Beastie Boys themselves actually doing it makes me even that more excited. So, you know, I I love that documentary. As a matter of fact, if I was able to I, buy that documentary, I would actually buy that documentary because it was actually that good. So, if anybody has any questions in the stream or anything like that, let me go on ahead and feel free to comment and everything. I'll take some live questions right now because I want to hear what you guys have to say about some of the topics I talked about. I know this is going to be probably a short version of what you guys normally get. I do apologize for that. Um, but, you know, I like I like having a back and forth conversation with everybody. So, if you guys have anything that you guys want to add or talk about or anything like that, go ahead, send that in. Send in some questions because I want to take some of you guys' uh, questions. If not, I'm probably going to wind up signing off on this right now. But, hey, I hope that you guys do did enjoy the show. I know this is like 31 minutes in, and we're used to like an hour show. But those are just some of the topics that I found that was very fascinating. And as a matter of fact, if you guys can, in the comments, go ahead, comment about some of the topics I talked about Some top, in, in the comments as well. Talk about some other stuff, and I'll go on ahead and I'll chime in as well. So go on ahead, give us a uh, like this video, like the audio podcast for Hotel Nerd. Another thing, too, is go on ahead and follow Hotel Nerd on Facebook and on Twitter. And also, too, on my Movie Loves Unite page on Facebook, go on ahead and follow us on there. Follow us on the Instagram. Follow us on uh, Anchor as well. But we're actually available on any, on any way that you can actually listen to podcasts we're actually on. So you guys can actually go ahead and check this out over there. And you can also check us out on Twitter at Movie Loves Unite and at John DiGregorio. And until next time.